is the Big Church Podcast. Would you get off your seat and on your on your feet and honor the woman of God that's in the house, Nicole Rowan? Oh my goodness. I love that woman. Oh, y'all, y'all are blessed to have such amazing pastors. Seriously, my, our, our mutual friend, he said, we were in South Carolina ministering and we were meeting with him for us and he said, you gotta meet this Mindy girl, she flows with the Holy Ghost. And I said, I like her already. So anybody that flows with the Holy Ghost in my hometown, I, I wanna meet them. So um, I'm just honored to be here. I'm honored to be here before y'all in my, in my hometown. It's so funny. Um, I look Newport, but I'm Dixie Highway. You know what I mean? I went to PRP High School, so I'm half hood, half holy. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean, okay? Okay, I know I'm real white, but I'm a white, half hood, half holy girl, okay? I can say that because I did grow up in the hood. I'm allowed to say that, all right? Kentucky has been a significant place for me, not just because I grew up here, but it's where I've had some of the most significant moments with the Lord, and I was thinking about this the other day as I was laying in my granny's house and visiting and getting, getting prepared. I thought, man, you know, I've lived in California for 14 years now, but my really significant moments with the Lord has been here. In the early 90s, I, I gave my life to the Lord, went to a back room and folded my hands and prayed a little prayer with somebody. I think I accepted the Lord then. I was young. And then um, in, in 2003, I accepted Jesus at a, a church camp. I only went because they were going to be cute boys. I'll be honest. Whatever gets you there, you know what I mean? And um, I, I, I got baptized for the first time in 2003 and gave my life to the Lord. And um, then in 2008, right before I was moving to California, I had my first supernatural encounter with the Lord. And I had no grid for Holy Spirit. I knew Father, Son. I did not know Holy Ghost. And if ghosts scare you, we can say Holy Spirit. But I had no grid for the supernatural. And so um, the Lord met me in a really, a really powerful um, way in 2008 before I moved to, to California. So I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be here to be able to share what the Lord has put inside of me to release to y'all. And my prayer is always that God would meet you and you wouldn't have to meet me. That's always my prayer. Any place I go, it's Lord, let them meet you. I don't even care if they remember my name or my shiny shirt. Just let them remember you. And if you need to have a personal encounter with the Lord in the back, you just get up and go do your thing. I'm not offended. We're here for him. As Mindy mentioned, my family and I are traveling the U.S. right now. We've gone two times, well, I guess four total, um, in 250 beautiful square feet uh, with four children, five and under. So um, it's very peaceful. I have a lot of free time and a lot of space. I'm just kidding, I don't, I ain't got none. You know, the mamas out there, you used to hiding in the bathroom or your pantry or your bedroom. Mama don't have a pantry in the RV, okay? I have like this square of a, 
a toilet. And I go in there and I shut the door and I, you know, I kind of hide sometimes, but my kids find me because I'm just a couple feet away from them. So there's no hiding from, you know, from them and from my husband. So it's, we just got real close, real fast, all of us. And we like each other, so it's good. Uh, I I realized, I said to my husband, I actually like you. This is a good thing, you know? We in a tight space and if you get on my nerves, I can't run anywhere, right? But I like you, so this is working out. Some people say, oh, wow, you're so brave. And I really know that that means, wow, you're so crazy. And I'm with you. I am. I am. (laughs) I'm a little crazy. So before we jump in, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Yeah, will you all join me? Will you just put your hands out in front of you? This is just a fun way to receive. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for being able to gather. Oh, Lord, let us never forsake the gathering. Let us never take for granted the gathering. How powerful, how powerful is the gathering. And Holy Spirit, we just love your ministry. We love your ministry. So just come and minister in all the ways that you want to today. We love you and we praise your name. Amen. So we're going to dive in pretty, pretty fast. Normally in California, uh, I have to say, you know, I'm half hood, half holy. I'm real Southern. I talk fast and I have an accent, but I don't have to tell you all that because you're right there with me. I'm like, yes, I can be fully Southern and not have to, okay, can I just time out really quick? This is a side note. Let me just tell y'all something real fast. So I might've just not had the best education. Oh no. But Californians correct me all the time on different things. Um, I'm trying to, I didn't prepare this. I'm trying to think of some words that y'all could relate to me, but I, I will be preaching and my husband is in the front row and he's going, and I'm like on the mic, what? What's wrong, you know? That's, that's not how you say that word. That's not, that's not how you say that word. Well, that's how I've said it for 34 years of my life. So that's how we're going to say it today. I think they understand. But they don't understand Southern twang, okay? So I feel at home because hopefully uh, we all speak the same language. Because, I mean, it's hilarious the Lord would give me a mic. I can't even speak proper California English. But it is what it is. Okay, turn with me. Matthew 5. We're going to dive in fast and furious here. I'm a fast reader. Matthew 5. We're going to start in verse 13. It says this. It says, you, say you, are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, say saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Say light. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Last verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Y'all know the phrase, they salty? Okay. Stupid phrases. Whoever started these phrases, they literally got it from the Word of God because Jesus is like, they salty. All right. (laughs) All these new, you know, urban dictionary words. I'm like, that came from the Bible. And it doesn't mean angry. I don't know. Some people say it like, oh, she's salty. She's sassy. She's, she's got an attitude. No, sometimes salt irritates the wounds around it. So it's not that someone is sassy or salty or have attitude. It's just that when Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, sometimes salt is going to rub 
something in you or others the wrong way. That's what salt does. Now listen, Pastor Mindy, you know, spoke a real encouraging, beautiful, beautiful message this morning. And, you know, she is y'all's biggest cheerleader. But I'm here to, to give a little spiritual whooping if we can, okay? So y'all just have to bear with me a little bit. In these four verses in Matthew 5, I want you to notice something. Jesus is not asking if you'll think about being salt and light to the world. Jesus, in these four verses, he is not suggesting you might want to be salt and light to the earth. In these four verses, Jesus is not asking you to pray about being salt and light to the earth. He's not suggesting it. He's not asking you to pray for it. He's saying you, you are salt to the earth. He starts off with, you are salt to the earth. There is no question about it that if you are living and breathing in this room today, you are called salt and light to the earth. The reality is, and the question is, are you actually living who Christ says that you are to the earth? Or are you hiding behind whatever insecurity or, or thing that keeps you behind the stage and behind the scenes, pretending that you don't have influence. See, the, the interesting thing is, I, I started to ask the Lord for a word for this weekend many months ago. I didn't know there was a theme. I'm new to kind of the women's conference things. I didn't know that people have themes and stuff like that. I started a women's conference in Orange County, and all my team, they're like, what's the theme? And I'm like, Jesus, what do you mean, what's the theme? Well, you gotta have a theme. But it's cool, I like it, it's, it's really good. But the Lord was beginning to speak to me about who was gonna be in here and what he wanted to reveal. And, and when I heard that the theme was, you're a star, I thought, how significant. That actually, God, he had a dream and he wrapped skin around it and gave you a name. That you are literally a star. You're literally salt and light to the earth. And let me ask you all a question. We're going to play two people here for a second. So let's say we got Sally Sue. She's over here. And she is just humble. I'm just a, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I, I, I am a nobody. No, don't put me in front of anybody. No, no, don't give me a microphone. I ain't an influencer. No, no, I, I'm humble. And if the Lord willing, if he'll use me, oh, if the Lord will be so gracious to use my life, I, I'm willing, Lord, but I'm just a humble servant. I'm a sinner saved by grace. We got Sally Sue. And then we have, we'll just say Nicole. You can say your name who says, no, no, I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen nation. I am called salt and light to the earth. I actually have royal DNA in my blood because I'm the daughter of the king. And I will be used for this earth. And I will be salt and light to the kingdom of God because I want to occupy heaven more than hell is occupied. And I will be a voice. And I will take the microphone. And I will write the book. And I will have the blog. And I will be an influence. Which one are you most attracted to? This one might feel comfortable. This one might feel real comfortable. But a lot of times our insecurities make a home inside of us. And we allow them to stay there a lot longer than they need to be. The word is not questioning. God is not asking if you'll be a star. He is not asking if you will be salt and light to the earth. He is saying you are salt and light to the earth. 
And here's, here's the deal. You don't have to have a personality like your pastor's or the person sitting next to you. You don't have to be outspoken or extroverted. These are not excuses for not evangelizing. We cannot hide behind our personalities. We cannot hide behind our family titles. We cannot hide behind whatever it may be and use it as an excuse not to be salt and light to the world. We cannot do it. It is not biblical. I don't care if you're extroverted or introverted. You're called salt and light to the earth. And the reality is everybody wants to be a star. You can sit there and say, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a star. But that might be because you think a star is some celebrity or in front of cameras all the time or whatever it may be. No, no. You're called to influence your family. You're called to influence those around you, your community, your workplace, your church, your ministry, your whatever it may be. You're actually called to do that because you're called salt and light to the earth. You literally have royal DNA. You have royal blood in your body. You are the daughter of a king. We have got to stop hiding behind false humility because you don't look the way you think you should look, talk the way you think everybody wants to hear you talk, walk the way you think everybody else wants you to walk, be the way you think everybody wants you to be. It's false humility. It's actually not biblical. And again, hear me say, you don't have to look or talk or be or have a personality that is the star personality. No, they should be the ones to do this. That cannot be our excuse anymore. We are salt and light. And it's important that you understand the analogy in which Jesus is using here. He uses a lot of phenomenal analogies in the word of God. And he uses them in front of people to relate to their culture and to their time. And right here in this, in Matthew 5, Jesus is relating to those he's speaking to because salt was a highly, highly valuable commodity. It's not just like salt you get at the grocery store. No, it was, it was very, very important. So much so that a lot of times Roman soldiers were paid with salt. Y'all know this? They were paid with salt. This is why, if you've ever heard the phrase, uh, worth his salt, that's where that came from. Royal soldiers were paid with salt. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have a preserving influence that we carry. Because who knows that salt was used in Jesus' day to help slow decay Okay, I need y'all to get this because this is really profound. Salt was used to slow decay. And right here, Jesus is saying, you are salt and light to the world. Why in the world would he be saying, you're salt, knowing the culture, the historical context of what salt represents, that it slows decay, unless he was saying, you are salt and light to the culture to keep it from decaying. And if you lose your saltiness, it's not worth anything. Right after Jesus says, you're salt to earth, he says, but listen, if salt loses its saltiness, say salty. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. Our role as a disciple of Jesus Christ is to help culture from decaying. And somebody needs to hear that today. It sounds kind of harsh. Like, okay, Jesus, thanks for telling me I'm salt and light. And then if I lose my saltiness, I'm no good. Thanks for saying that. 
he continues on. He says, listen, you're also light. You're a star. People don't light a lamp and then hide it under a bowl. No, it's actually set up really high for all to see. You're light to the world. Jesus here is given not only a great compliment, like, wow, thanks, thanks, Jesus, light to the world, awesome, but he's given a great responsibility. In John 8 and John 9, Jesus is speaking. He says, listen, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. They will have the light of life. This tells me we have a double anointing for light as disciples because not only is Jesus the light of the world, but we carry his presence, which means we have a double anointing for light in our culture. That's what it means. And y'all know as soon as Jesus says this in, in, uh, in John 8, the Pharisees begin to question him. Who knows <clears throat> that when you start to become salt and light to the world, those around you will start to question you. And let me say, unfortunately, it's not necessarily your unbelieving friends. It's your believing friends. It's your believing family. Oh, who does she think she is? Preaching the word of God, walking around here. Oh, now she got saved and now she's got everything figured out. Oh, she's big time now. Who does she think she is? Why is she coming up in here telling me how to live my life? Salt irritates wounds. It always will. It also preserves the culture. And as a disciple of Christ, you are to preserve culture. It is not for the politicians to do. It is not just for your pastors to do. You, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as salt and light to the earth, this is your role. And do you know what the purpose of light is? Y'all ain't even ready. The purpose of light is to expose and illuminate. In 2020, I was asking the Lord, um, Lord, what's the word for 2020? Like in January, y'all ever do this? Ask the Lord for a word. And I was like waiting for like the awesome word. And he said, I'm bringing exposure to the church. Lord, what's the word you have for 2020? <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I didn't hear you right. And he said to me again, I'm exposing the church. This is January. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm the church. He's exposing me. What am I doing? You know, I always try to go inward first. Oh Lord. I didn't know what was about to happen. But that's what light does. Light exposes. When you walk into a room and you flip on the light switch, it was dark. But when you walked in and flipped on that light switch, not only did it illuminate the room, but it exposed everything in that room. We're salt and light to the earth. As a disciple, we laid our lives down. If you have given your life to the Lord in this room, you died. It is not your life anymore. And I know we've created a popular Christianity that just says, come on in. We can sit in your sin and play around in it like a playground. But the reality is you died. You no longer carry that stuff. You are not now a sinner. You are just saved by grace. Y'all know um, the story of Esther, profound story. If you haven't read the story of Esther, do that tomorrow, tonight. But Esther, you know, she found favor with the king because of the position of influence she had. 
influence is actually a really big deal. And I don't mean like social media influence. I just mean influence as a disciple of Christ. It's actually really important. And anybody who tells me they don't want to be an influence, I say, that's a lie. It's not your decision. <laughs> You're salt and light to the earth. You are called, commanded to, to make disciples, to expose, to illuminate, to bring flavor, to prevent a culture from decay. Christ never contemplated the production of secret Christians. I'm going to say it again. He never contemplated. We don't read anywhere in the word of God that talks about being a secret Christian. I'm not talking about underground churches for Christ in other countries. I'm just saying, I'm just a secret Christian. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to pray for them. But if I was up here and I had a bottle of bleach and I started to drink it, I hope somebody was, excuse me. Excuse me, Nicole, like, you, you drinking some bleach? Girl, it's gonna kill you, right? Like, I hope y'all wouldn't be like, hey, you see that girl drinking bleach? Let's just pray for her. That's the weirdest thing. But this is what we do. Come on, you already know it. This is literally what we do when we see people making a bed in hell and don't say anything to them because we're scared. You are salt and light to the world. You are to illuminate and to expose. And is it fun and fluffy? No, but guess what? There's a lot of things in the word of God I don't like. There's a lot of things I don't like. But I died when I gave my life to the Lord. And I said, I'll believe this as the inherent word of God. And even if I don't like what this says, because it's calling me out of my stuff, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live by it. Because it's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And this is what I gave my life to. Christ never contemplated secret Christians. He never talked about it. It's not a thing. It's not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not biblical. The Hebrew word for holy, holy. I just said that so Southern. The Hebrew word for holy is kodesh. It means set apart separateness, sacredness. And in the New Testament, the word for holy is hagos, which means reverend and sacred and set apart. Who knows that God has set you apart? And you gave your life to the Lord. He set you apart. That's why a lot of us, we struggle with feeling lonely. No, you're not struggling with feeling lonely. You're struggling with you need to get more people saved. <laughs> you're not lonely because we have Christ Jesus in us. I can feel the triggers in the room. Just bear with me. We're going to get there. You have Christ Jesus in you. You're not lonely. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And you just say, I don't accept you, depression. I don't accept you, loneliness. You have no place in the temple of God. Now, I'm not saying these things are not real. Don't hear me say that. But what I am saying is let's stop giving attention to those things. And say, God, I know that you're with me. You never forsake me. You're always with me. So what do I need to do to get up out of this funk? The reason you might feel lonely is because you're set apart. You might not look the same as your family or your friend group or your old friend group. The reason you might feel lonely is because God has asked you to be a righteous people, to be a holy, set-apart nation. So, of course, you're going to feel those things. Y'all doing okay? 
a couple months ago when, when Mindy had asked me to speak, I, I was in my RV and I think I had five minutes of peace. You know, the kids were outside for a second. And I said, Lord, what do you want to say to those women? And all I heard was, will they burn for me? Will they burn? I didn't know, you know, what the theme was or any of that, but I just heard him say, ask them if they'll burn for me. Ask them if they'll literally lay their lives on the altar as a living sacrifice for me. Will they burn? And then a couple of nights ago, I was praying and I really just wait on the Holy Spirit to lead me in a lot of these things. I don't often have titles or points or things. I just, sometimes, I mean, he's real good with me sometimes. He gives me real fun things. But most of the time, I'm just like, okay, Spirit, speak. But the other night, I was praying and he gave me a couple things I want to share with you. He said, will they, will they light up the darkness like a star in the midnight sky? It was the star that led the three wise men to Jesus. And it's no surprise that in 2021, you are a star would be the theme of this conference. Because right now in 2021, it is very clear that we have a compromised body of Christ and we need people who will shine brightly, who will point people back to Jesus. When I got saved, I was 13, 14, I remember um, I, I was just on fire, right? You get baptized, you should get on fire. And I remember people saying, um, they would say, uh, you know, keep the fire, you know, love it while it lasts. And I didn't, I mean, I was like a new baby Christian. I'm like, love it while it lasts, when it ends? Wait, wait, am I gonna die? What's happening? You know, but people say this all the time. Oh, just enjoy that fire. No, no, the fire just keeps growing. Where you were last year is not where you're going to be today or tomorrow. You are like the Holy Ghost bonfire. You will continue to burn. You will continue to point people to Christ. What does a bonfire do? It leaves a scent, right? You will be a scent for Christ. All people who walk by you will want to go over to the flames of fire. They will want to see what is burning and why is it so high and why is it so bright? And what do they have to say? We are a living sacrifice that we would burn all the days of our life for Christ Jesus. There is no time off. Study Paul. He'll teach you a thing or two about being a bonfire, being a wildfire. But I want to share just four things really quick. I'm not normally a preacher that has these like words and things, but the Lord, this is what the Lord gave me. I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do with the star thing? I think I need to tie that in somehow. <laughs> And he said, oh, submitted, teachable, available, recklessly obedient. I mean, it came like that. And I was like, S-T-A, okay, go, hey, God. So I wanna run through these with you. If you're a note taker, this is, this is your time, ready? <laughs> submitted. If you wanna be a star for Christ, if you wanna shine brightly for all to see, you have to be submitted. Read Romans 8. You have to be fully submitted. You have to have a submission under the word of God. If you are not submitted to the word of God, I don't know that you are a disciple. Because a disciple is submitted to the word of God. 
to the living word of God. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of things I read in the word. I'm like, I just don't like that, Lord. <laughs> I got to do that. Are you sure? I got to apologize. I got to go first. I got to be last. What? But I'm submitted. Are you submitted? Truly. T, teachable. Are you teachable? Truly teachable. Who do you have around you that can say no to you? Do you have anyone around you that can say no to you? Or are you living your own life high and holy and on your own ride? A lot of people will come to me. How can I, you know, get a platform? How can I preach? How can I do this? How? I tell them, well, die and then have people around you can say no to you. <laughs> are you teachable? Is Jesus allowed to say no to you? When's the last time he said no to you? If the last time he said no to you, you can't remember? A, available. Say available. If 2020, and shoot, I guess 2021 has taught us anything, it's that we really weren't available. Right? We really liked to be in control of our time and our space and what we got to do are recklessly obedient. Are you recklessly obedient? Do you know what recklessly obedient means? It means it looks reckless. Do you know what reckless means? Everybody around you gonna be like, what is wrong with them? They done moved up in an RV with four kids. Have they lost their, do you look recklessly obedient? Who knows? You can be wise and not obedient, but you can, you can be obedient without being wise. I'm going to say it again. You can be wise and not obedient. There's a lot of wisdom in the world. You can be smart. You can be the CEO of your company. You can be the best stay-at-home mom, the best whatever, and not be obedient to the Lord, but you cannot be obedient without being wise. Wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. Jesus left him with us, and it is his job. And it's our job to pull on him for wisdom. Are you recklessly obedient unto the Lord? Daniel 12, 3 says this, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Will you burn for him? I know it's a heavy hitter, but I actually believe that God wants to see Kentucky saved. And I was saying, oh, Lord, thank you for Louisville. I was praying, thank you for Louisville. God, we just bless Louisville. We bless the women of Louisville. And he said, no, Kentucky. And I said, we just thank you for Louisville, Kentucky. He said, no, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Lord. We say yes to Kentucky being saved. Yes, Lord, I thank you for the women and the men in Kentucky. Yes, God, I thank you for big church and how they're going to influence Kentucky, not just Louisville, but Kentucky for the sake of the gospel. But he needs wildfires. He needs disciples who will burn. He needs disciples who will burn. Hear me say this. God is a faithful and just father. But you were in the original plan. You were the dream. You were the star in his eye. And he created you for a purpose. 
There's, there is a purpose on your life that you would shine for the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that you would literally point people to the star of eternity. So my question for you this afternoon is, will you burn? Will you be recklessly obedient and available and teachable and submitted? Will you arise and shine? Isaiah 60 has been wrecking me. Arise and shine. Will you arise and shine for the Lord, for the sake of the gospel? We have a culture that Satan wants to decay, but I see a lot of salt and a lot of light up in the house today. And he wants to use your life and your voice and your sacrifice to be sought, to, to preserve culture. And I've decided I'm just going to say not on my watch. Not while I'm alive. And if you're alive in the house today, I don't care what age you are, you're still called. If you have breath in your lungs, you are still called by the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You are royalty. You are a star in his eye. But will you burn for him? Will you burn for him? So if everyone can just shut their eyes, I'm just going to pray for us. If you guys want to play. Yeah, Father, I thank you, Lord, for each woman in here. God, I thank you that you have a specific purpose for their life. I thank you for the fire right now. I even sense some of you are going to feel heat. You're going to like start to get really hot and tingly. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit just fire over you right now. Lord, I just pray that we would be a living sacrifice. That when we walk into atmospheres, that we would illuminate and expose. That we would step into our houses and into our businesses, into our family meetings, into our churches. God, that we would be salt and light to the earth. I know Pastor Mindy gave a call this morning and I want to do it again because... Why not? There's always opportunity. But if you've never given your life to King Jesus, today's the day. If you've never given your life to King Jesus, it's today. Don't wait until tomorrow. It's today. We're going to have the ministry team come on forward. I don't know who you are, but if you're on the ministry team, come on forward. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to run. I want you to jump. I want you to get there as fast as you can. No one knows the plans for tomorrow except for the king. We don't know it. We can't wait. We can't wait. And then the last thing I want to ask is I want to have an activation of faith. We can preach all day long. We can say yes and amen. We can say, oh, it's a good word. But the reality is if we don't partner our yes with God's amen, then we're not in full faith. And so today as we close out this conference, I want to ask you, will you burn for him? Literally, like, we'll, and, and what I'm asking is actually a high responsibility because it's to lay your life on the altar. It's not a like, woohoo, can't wait, meet me at the photo booth. It's like, w will you lay your life on the altar? Will you be a living sacrifice unto the Lord if you will burn for Him? If if if, you, if you've like, I'm listening to this message and I want to burn for the Lord. I want to carry the Holy Spirit with me in every place I go. I want to carry the presence of God into my homes. I want to carry the presence of God in every atmosphere that I will. I want 
going to be an atmosphere shifter. I want you to stand right now. I'm going to pray for the burning ones. God is looking for a Joel generation who will burn for him, who will not compromise under culture, who will stand on the word of God, who will say, I serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, and nothing will take my affection away from him. Will you burn for him? Thank you, Jesus. There is a high and holy call as a believer in Christ Jesus, a high and a holy call, and he wants you to partner your yes to his amen. Who will partner their yes to to his amen today? Oh, Father, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would make yourself in the homes of your daughters. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna stand up here and and pray with the ministry team. I wanna pray the Holy Spirit for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your burning ones. Right now, I just ask for your hand to be on each woman that's standing right now, Father God. They've committed. They've said yes. Lord, I ask that you would honor that. Ask you would use their lives as salt and light to the earth. The people would go, what is up with big church? Those people are on fire. Their fire just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I got to go check out what's going on there. Y'all know that's the fastest way to grow this church. Just be on fire for the Lord. So I bless them, Jesus. I bless them. I'm an evangelist. I'm going to do a call again. If you've never given your life to the Lord, today is the day. You do not want to wait. The enemy will always take you back if you change your mind. He'll always take you back. If you make a mistake, he'll take you back. If you've never given your life to the Lord or you have been not recklessly obedient, but just reckless with your life, there are people up here who want to pray for you. And then lastly, again, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you up here during worship. We love you, Jesus. Just put affection on your lips for a second. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence, God. We love your call, Father. We love you, Jesus. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way in us. Continue to refine us, to purify us, to prepare us for your coming. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.